SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. It is a Tuesday evening. I'm Brad Brown, and thanks to, to the Money Web team. Back again tomorrow at 6 p.m., half an hour of non-stop sporting action for you today. And uh, we've got uh, a very special guest in studio with us uh, this evening. And uh, he's back in Cape Town for a, a brief break before heading down under to the Australian Open. I'm talking about South Africa's number one doubles player. He's ranked uh, with his partner sixth in the world at the moment. Raven Klaassen, we'll chat to him on this evening's show. But before we get into that, let's take a look at some of the stories making headlines today. And Banyana Banyana caretaker coach Desiree Ellis has described this evening's African Women's Championship semi-final against the defending champions Nigeria as the final before the final. The Two teams lock horns in the second semi-final at the side Limbe Omni Sport in Cameroon tonight. Ellis says they've got a plan in place to take on the Super Falcons. Well, I think it's the final before the final. Um, it's going to be extremely tough. <laughs> it's going to be extremely tough. And uh, that's what you get when you get to a semi-final. If I tell you that, I'll be telling you my strategy. But we've played Cameroon. We're physically strong. We gave a good account of ourselves in the first half and showed what we're capable of. We obviously have a plan and uh, the plan has to be executed 100% for us to get the result that we want. Cameroon come into the game as favourites, chasing their record 10th AWC title. They've got a potent attack led by Arsenal ladies FC striker Asisant Oshiwala who is currently the leading goal scorer in the competition. She's picked up six goals. Ellis says they won't make the mistake of focusing just on her. Look, it's not only Oshiola that's a danger. Nigeria have uh, Opranosi, they have Odega, so they also have uh, the captain. So we're not just planning for one player. It's a team, it's going to be a team effort where we decide what we're going to do. And if we try to concentrate on one player, somebody else might, might get the goal. Kick-off in that match, 8 p.m. South African time. Before then, though, Cameroon take on Ghana in the other semi. Tonight in the PSL, Supersports host table toppers Bidvest Vitz at the Mombella Stadium. Maritzburg United welcome Chipper United at the Harry Guala, while Cape Town City travel to the FNB Stadium to face Kaiser Chiefs. Tomorrow night, Mamelodi Sundowns continue their steady league campaign when they face struggling Ajax Cape Town at the Cape Town Stadium. Downs Tiani Mabunda says the Urban Warriors are not going to be a walkover. We know how they are and they just come from a win so it's not going to be an easy game they won away, three scores, three goals so we have to be cautious with the way they play but we know what we're supposed to do we have to focus on our strengths what helps us to win games and we just have to keep on going the Brazilians come off an impressive 5-0 win over Highlands Park on Sunday and Mamunda says one of the strengths is the way the coach is rotating the squad like I always say at Mamluri Sundowns there's a pool of excellent players players that are able to arise up to the occasion anybody can play anybody can be selected to play it's, it's, it's it shows that we've got depth but i believe that uh, any player that is given an opportunity at sundowns is actually ready to take the chance and do the the team proud as you've been hearing in news today, tragic. 75 people have died after a plane carrying 81 people, including players from Brazilian club uh, Chapoquense, has crashed near Medellin in Colombia. The flight was carrying the team to the final of the Copa Sudamericana, where they were due to face Colombia's Atletico Nacional. Six people have reportedly survived, including three of the players. Several sports journalists were also believed to be on board. The South American football governing bodies confirmed that the federation activities have been 
been suspended until further notice. On to cricket news, the Proteas women's cricket team have lost the fifth one-day international against Australia at Coffs Harbour earlier today by 43 runs. Batting first, the Aussies posted 260 for nine in their 50. In reply, the Proteas all out for 217. In test cricket, India have taken a 2-0 series lead against England in their five-match series after they clinched the third test by eight wickets earlier today. New Zealand dramatically beat Pakistan by 138 runs in Hamilton in their second test. Chasing 369 for victory, Pakistan reached T on the final day for 158 for one, and then a dramatic final session as they collapsed to 230 all out. The Black Caps clinched that series 2-0. It was also announced today that Omitle Ramela will captain the SA Invitation 11 in their three-day tour match against Sri Lanka in Pochastruam between the 18th and 20th of December. On to Formula One news now. Newly crowned world champion Nico Rosberg has downplayed Mercedes teammate. Lewis Hamilton's uh, tactics to foil his chances at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, saying the issue doesn't warrant much discussion. To retain the title, Hamilton had to win and see Rosberg finish off the podium and he appeared to slow down in the final stages of the race while blocking him in the hope that the two other drivers would catch him and overtake him. Rosberg did enough and was able to claim the driver's championship on Sunday. Coming up next here on SAFM, we chat to Raven Klassen. SAFM Sports Wrap. Don't forget, you can be in touch uh, via social media. Just search for SAFM Radio. You can also pop us a tweet or Facebook. Uh, you can look me up uh, at Big Brad Brown. And it's uh, a huge welcome to, to Raven Clarkson. Raven, thanks for, for popping by and, and joining us tonight. Thanks, Brad. Nice to be here. Welcome home, first of all. It's been, a, it's been an incredible year. You must be pretty tough to, to be able to switch off and take some time off tennis for the moment. Yeah, it's been an incredible season for me. It's, uh, it's been getting gradually better every year. And... Uh, I usually get about 10 to 12 days to take off in Cape Town, and uh, I've been really enjoying my time. Uh, I always tell my, my friend from Europe and the States, when they go home, they go home to snowy and cloudy weather, and I come home to sunshine every day, so uh, pretty happy about that. I'm sure you are. And, and let's talk about the season. You, you say it seems to be getting better and better. It, it, it finished off on a, on a high, sort of. You, you would I mean, we were talking off air, making it to the ATP World Tour Finals in London was a, was a massive achievement, finishing in, in the, the, the top rankings, but uh, going as far as you did in the tournament and, and in with a shot, at the end but not winning must uh, it's almost bittersweet yeah it's uh, this this tennis thing is a roller coaster you know um midway through the season Rajiv and I uh, we, we made it to the semi-finals of of Wimbledon and at the end of that result we knew we kind of put ourselves in a position to qualify for London but there was still some work to do you know and uh, um at the US Open things didn't go according to plan but out in Asia we made a a, a title followed by finals back to back and that really put us in the hunt and then when we got to Europe at the end of the season, we actually qualified uh, two weeks before the end of the season, which was a relief not having to go into the last week to qualify. Um, and then coming into the tournament, we came in as the number seven team, you know, and, and uh, when, you, when you come in there, you sort of want to just give a good account of yourself. And that was our goal coming in, pretty pretty sort of mediocre goals, quite moderate there, you know. And, and then once we got the, the win in the first round against the French seeds, who actually happened to be the number one seeds at the tournament, things really kind of kicked into high gear for us. And we realized we were playing well enough, the conditions suited our game, that we could go quite far and... And it's weird how, how I could be, at the same time, quite proud of what we did and very disappointed at how things ended, you know, because um, had we not been so close to winning, I probably would have been less disappointed. But putting yourself in that position is, is, uh, is something positive, and uh, I will look back at this result certainly with some, some positive thoughts and, and try and uh, recreate that form and take it one step further next time. At this level in sport, belief is a lot of it, and, and, and believing that you can win. You all play good tennis. Everyone's good enough to be there. And that first match in, in those World Tour finals that you mentioned against the top seeds, our, our tennis reporter Chris Bowers, who, who was there, says that's the best he's ever seen you play. 
Yeah, um, yeah thanks, Chris. Uh, um, but, but that that tournament seemed to just things seemed to go well for me. You know, I I was feeling pretty good physically. The confidence levels were there, and and sort of just when you when you put one good performance in like that, you sort of reinforce that you are playing well and. Fortunately, I was in a, in a comfort zone. You know, I had my, my, my wife was there. I had my family there. I had a lot of support. I have some family um, outside of my immediate family in London and my staff back home and everybody that, that has been involved, you know. So so they, they all sort of have, have had massive belief in me and, and they've kind of convinced me to believe in myself. And, and putting those things together really uh, turned into a good week, you know. But the, the, the weird thing about athletes is you sort of feel like you have to prove it to yourself before you believe it, where in actual fact you have to believe it before you can prove it to yourself, you know. So. It's one of those chicken and egg situations, yeah, isn't it? It really is. As far as this year goes, would you say it's been your your best year on tour yet? Collectively, without a doubt, my best season. You know, I've 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 briefly snuck into the top ten after Wimbledon this year. I was ranked number nine for a few for a few weeks there. Um, I ended the season at number twelve individually. But if I if I look at what I done did consistently over this year in terms of my performance, um, it certainly has been my best year. I, I've had a increasingly good years over the last three years and um, now sort of the biggest thing for me to, to really do is, is to find continuity with, with my performance you know if, if I can consistently perform better I can certainly make a run at that top spot in the rankings you know because at my best I'm, I'm certainly there but my best is not, not happening often enough it's interesting you talk about consistency because that's what it is, and 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 I think probably in the, in the double circles the, the 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 pairing that's been most consistent over the years is the Bryant. I mean they've been around uh, forever, and and to to play at that level for so long, it, it's not that they're good. It's just that they they're good for that long, and and that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, those guys. You know, we, I, I I've played them a few times now, and I, I was fortunate to get a few wins against them. But when you actually sit down and look what they've done for the last. 12 years in, 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 in the doubles. It's it's actually quite scary to imagine how they could do, come up with that level of performance consistently, you know. Because people talk about this year not being a good season for them. They're still the third best team in the world, you know. Like that, if, if, if that's the standard that you set for yourself, you've, you've obviously done something right, you know. And, and, and the numbers that they have, the stats, I don't think will ever be matched. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are an incredible pairing. We're going to talk about your partner in a moment as well, but also just a little bit about what uh, what some of the goals are. Uh, but we'll save that uh, for, for just after this. And have you ever wondered uh, what the favorite song across all SABC radio stations is? Well, Wonder No More, the SABC brings you the number one SABC summer song, and the best part is that you get to be the judge. SMS the letters MTR and the name of the song and artist to 33175 to vote for your favorite SABC summer song. That's not all. By voting, you stand a chance to win a brand new Kia Picanto plus a weekly cash prize of 5,000 Rand. You can SMS as many times as you like. Voting closes on the 30th of December 2016 and SMSs cost 1 Rand 50. Terms and conditions apply. Sorry, Papa. Can I join the queue here by you? Uh... Yo, the queues are long and I'm in a hurry. I'm just buying a few little things, please. Okay, Mama. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Let me just grab one extra packet of sugar quickly, next. Okay. And a tub of skin lotion. Alright. And some potatoes and tomatoes. Mm. And a little bit of meat. Yo. Hmm. I don't think I bought enough bars, eh? Mm. <laughs> and some cool drinks for my... This doesn't have to happen to you when you pay your TV license. Use your smartphone, tablet or laptop to pay from anywhere at any time. TV licenses. Pay yours. Make a difference. <laughs> Not again. No. Enough is enough. Cog me in. 
The theme of this year's 16 Days of Activism is Count Me In, Together Moving a Non-Violent South Africa Forward. Can we count you in? SAFM 104 to 107, South Africa's news and information leader. We're not all talk. Our playlist is pretty hot too. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We're chatting to South African double star Raven Klassen, who's back in the country after a pretty impressive 2016, finishing as runners-up with his partner Rajiv Ram at the ATP World Tour Finals in London just, uh, just over a week or so ago. Raven, let's talk about uh, your partner, Rajiv Ram. You, you've uh, sort of teamed up with him. You, you've had different partners over the years, but uh, 18 months with, with him, and uh, you, you guys have just taken your game to a new level. Yeah, I, I've known Rajiv since we, since I, I'm a couple of years older than he is, so I've known him since, since we were 18, 19, and uh, I've seen him throughout the years. He actually went to a college where a good South African friend of mine was the coach, uh, Craig Tiley, in the US, and um, Rajiv had a good singles career too. He still plays some singles, and, and, and last year, after the French Open, we both found ourselves in a position where we were sort of looking for partners, and, and he was starting to shift a little more attention to uh, to doubles. And he's he's a little bit bigger than I am. He's six foot four. He brings a big power element, and I thought that combined with sort of my speed and athletic ability would uh, would be challenging for teams to play against. You know, and it, it took a little bit of time for us to figure it out, but it, we've been going from strength to strength, and. Uh, we look forward to 2017 being even better than 2016. Let's talk about the dynamics of playing singles as opposed to doubles. Uh, I mean, tennis, as, as a singles player, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's pretty, pretty. I don't want to say lonely, but you, you, you have your team with you, but it's up to you. It's, uh, it's all on you. When you when in, in a doubles partnership, it obviously changes the dynamic a bit, and it's not just on you, and you've got to rely on someone else. And, and it, it, must be quite, it must be quite different. Yeah, I mean, the, the sort of the boring version would take me an hour to get through, you know, but uh, the quick version is that, that yeah, the, the, the physical demands of the, of the singles is, is quite tough on players, and, and um, these days what, what's really necessary is, uh, is sort of a team around you, you know, you, it's hard to compete with the very best players by yourself, you know, it's been proven now that the best players in the world, when you play against that individual, you're actually playing against experts behind him, you know, and, and it, it makes it very difficult in, in singles. And the guys are so professional from an early age, they, they don't leave any boxes uh, unticked, and uh, it's really a difficult unit going up. But on the flip side of that, you you then reap all the rewards yourself, you know, when there, there's no one to point fingers at when you lose, and, and sort of when you celebrate, you all that reward is, is, is um, you get to enjoy yourself. Whereas on the doubles, you sort of have a lot more factors to consider. Um, I personally like to have someone that I can actually get along with. You know, you end up having many breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and train rides, and flights, and and conversations about what went right or wrong on the court. So, getting along with uh, with with my partner is quite crucial for me. You know, so so our off court relationship is, is is good for Rajiv and I. But at the end of the day, you know, you you choose someone who you think you can win matches with. Tennis for us is a business. It's our it's our job to do. You know, so its point is being good friends and you're not winning matches. You know, so you have to find the the, the right balance of putting someone next to you that you trust when when it really counts, but at the same time enough that you can have tough conversations with and and, and work your way to getting better as a team. Let's talk team. You you obviously it's the two of you on on court, but you mentioned that there's a whole backroom staff that 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 keep you sort of duct taped together and and mm-hmm. and keep going forward. Tell me about your team. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to list off a few people now that have been very influential. Um, my wife, uh, uh, Celeste, has been great. She's allowed me to play and not really put any pressure on me, so that's been nice. My mom and dad, probably my biggest supporters, you know, they've been there from day one. They, uh, they've encouraged me to play even when they probably shouldn't have. 
Um, I've got a, a coach in Cape Town, Stefan de Kock, who's been with me for the better part of a decade and, and probably the first person to, to really like show me how to have a tennis career, not just play tennis, but to put a career together. Um, this year I worked with Jeff Kutsche, who's an ex-South African doubles player on the road some weeks. That was really beneficial for me. I've been working with a conditioning coach in, in Cape Town. His name is Fayyad Danse, um, out in Rondebosch. And we've been together for about five or six years, and he's really done a good good job of keeping my body together. Because as I age, you know, the biggest thing is staying healthy and being on court. Because if I'm playing well and I'm on the court, I can actually improve. You know, if I'm if I'm playing well and at home, I can't really do anything, you know. And then I have a mental coach now, which has possibly been the biggest turnaround in my career, Gilly Hoffman out in, out in Pretoria. And uh, we've been working together probably for five or six years, too. And... And it's still a work in progress, you know. I, I still think that's the biggest area for me to improve if I want to get from 12 to 1 in the world. But those people, you know, have, have, have really been instrumental in, in, in me sort of finding out how to play this game at a higher level. And, and without them, I, I'd probably still just be chasing a yellow ball around. What do you do on tour when you're not playing? What, what do you do to switch off? Because it, it must be quite taxing being on tour, in the ro- on the road, out of suitcases the whole time. What, what do you do to sort of relax? Yeah, I'm I'm sort of on the, on the lazy side of relaxing. You know, I I tend to when I switch off, I I, I shut it down on the bed, watch TV. Occasionally, I'll I'll when the golf bug hits me, I'll I'll get going. Um, but I've actually this year in March in Indian Wells, we had, we had a great tournament where we had we were we were staying on a golf course, and uh, I actually hurt my wrist playing golf that week, so I couldn't play tennis for a week. You know, so they kind of advised me to either take my wrist when I play golf or not play golf at all till the off season. So um, that's usually what I try and do, as as long as it doesn't sort of uh, jeopardize my tennis. Do you, do you get? To, I mean, you're away. You, you said to me you only spend a, a couple of weeks essentially in in Cape Town in, in the off season. Do you get to keep up with what's happening at home from a from a sporting perspective? Uh, I mean, most South Africans are into watching football and rugby and cricket, and, and obviously tennis is a, a big thing. But do you do you follow the box? Do you follow Bafana? Do you follow the Proteas? Yeah. Um, so the the sports that I kind of played growing up are the ones that I follow more. So um, I never really played soccer growing up. So I I mean I'll it's in the news. I'll I'll, I'll pick up an article here and there. But the the Springboks and and the Proteas I I follow a little bit a little closer because I played that growing up in in high school. And then I've actually sort of started sort of liking um, this the NFL thing in the US. You know that's something that's kind of grown on me a little bit. And uh, those are kind of the sports that really draw my interest the most. You know, I, the rugby is my favorite sport. If I had a little bit more bulk to me, I probably would have given that a go. I was going to ask, well, <laughs> if you weren't playing tennis, what would you have been doing? So this is this is a funny thing because I I always cringe when people say this, but on my on my uh, profile online it, it says that if I wasn't a tennis player I would be an accountant, you know, <laughs> and, and I think I think that should be updated now because the, the, the chance of me being an accountant uh, would have been pretty slim, you know. I I think I would have tried tried to uh, be professional in some sport, you know. I, I think being outdoors and and using my body, my 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 talents to move and to run and jump would have been something I would have tried. To know exactly which direction I would have gone in is hard to say because looking back, tennis was really the only thing I ever felt passionate about and, and I sacrificed a lot sort of to get to this point and I don't know if I was willing to make those same sacrifices for other sports. Hmm. Let's talk about growing up and playing tennis. It, I mean, as a kid, who, who did you look up to? And, and, and we'll talk about the state of tennis in South Africa hmm. now and, and what kids need. But for you growing up, what was, what was the deal? Well, I was, I was fortunate to grow up in the 90s when, uh, when we had Wayne Ferreira uh, playing really consistently good tennis on tour, you know. So, so being South African, that was someone I really looked up to. And and then the the guy at the time who was dominating was Pete Sampras, you know. And being that he dominated at Wimbledon, which is sort of on the same same time zone as we have, that that was the guy that kind of stood out to me. You know, U.S. Open in Australia with the time change, I never really got to watch, you know. So um, Pete Sampras was probably the guy I idolized the most growing up, and um, he was, you know, he dominated the 90s and early 2000s. Um, and he had a good rivalry with Agassi, but I never seemed to, to catch on to that. You know, I, I liked Pete and I liked Wayne a lot when I was growing up. 
looking at the state of tennis in, in South Africa now and, and the youngsters coming through, is, is tennis in, in, in a good place in the country at the moment? Tennis is at a turning point in, in South Africa. You know, we, we've, we've gone through a time where, where people have been sort of unsure of what the right decision is to make when it comes to how to produce tennis players. But having said that, um, we're not the only country with that issue. You know, if you, if you look traditionally at sort of the powerhouses in tennis, some of them have gone up, some of them have gone down. There's, there's no real right or wrong formula for this. You kind of got to figure out what your unique challenges are to your, to your area that you're trying to produce tennis players and, and then go from there, you know. I think a, a lot of times looking at what other countries are doing tends to tends to lead to trying to copy things that that don't really affect the way you grow up playing tennis. You know, we we live in a country that has a lot of positives, but also of quite a few negatives. You know, with our economy, our geographical location, that makes things a little bit tough. You know, we don't get the exposure that other countries countries get, but. We've got some fresh faces coming into South, South African tennis now, and um, I'm excited about what the future holds, you know, because as, as long as people have an interest in, in, in pushing the sport forward, I think we'll be all right. Mm, absolutely. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We're chatting to South African doubles star, Raven Klaassen. Raven, you mentioned some, some faces coming through, and there's, uh, there's two youngsters that are based in Florida. Who, who, two, two young girls who lots has been spoken about. And I don't think South Africans actually realize how good these two, two youngsters are. Daughters of the late Springbok Ruben Kruger. Uh, have, do you know much about them? Have you, have you seen them? What, what are your thoughts? I've seen the, the older, the older one of the girls actually in Australia this year and I saw her in Miami this year and, uh, yeah, she's. You, if you don't know about her now, you're gonna know about them soon. You know that their names are kind of slipping my mind right now. But I've I've seen her hit the ball, and I I wish I could hit the ball as hard as she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zoe Zoe's the one I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to think. Uh, also slips. Well, yeah, but but trust me, you'll you'll hear about them in the near future. I mean, I've heard they're the real deal. They're yeah. gonna go a long way. Yeah. And, and and they they're coached by by someone who's who's had uh, some some big names in 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 his stable as well, which is which is probably key. Is is getting. If if you do have that talent and and it's picked up early, is getting into a stable like that. Yeah, I mean Thomas has has done a great job over the years with 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 uh, tennis players, and I think what you just uh, mentioned there is that not only do they have the the ability to play the sport, but they're also in the right structure now. You they they're getting the exposure they need, they're getting sort of the fast tracking they need, and um, at this stage for them now everything's in place. Now it's just kind of doing the basics of, of, of waking up, having the discipline, being motivated and, and, and ticking the boxes every day, you know, because everything else seems to be falling in place for them. And, and now it's a matter of whether or not they actually end up being good enough at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and as much as you've got the talent, they've got to want it. I mean, you, you spoke about the hunger of, of pushing yourself each year, but it, it, it can't be easy, and, and having that drive year after year is tough. And, and the other one's Isabella, by the way. The one is a Google. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Zoe and Isabella, now I know. I'll, I'll remember that. Um, no, you 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 uh, hopped on some some important things there. I I sort of think back to to how I ended up here, and, and I think the two words that stand out is is sort of a desire to be a tennis professional and and resilience. You know, I, I think those two things are probably the main reasons why I've I've hung in there, and and possibly, well, more than possibly, a lot of luck. You know, I had some people who, who believed in me and helped me throughout the years, but in in general, you know, you, people need a a reason to wake up to do anything in the morning. You know, and and as as tennis players, I feel that. When you you know what the, the purpose of you waking up and, and putting in those hard yards and going through the ups and downs, um, then all of a sudden it becomes easier to kind of take the knocks. You know when when you're motivated to to achieve certain goals, and I think that's why it's important to have those dream goals. You know the reasons to get up, you know and go run and, and hit the gym and, and do the training and be knocked off and, and do it again. You know and and that's sort of the way to do it. There's no there's no secret recipe. I've I've been fortunate enough to speak to some of the best tennis players of all times, and and you sometimes walk into that conversation thinking I'm going to get the golden key today. You know and 
and there's really no such thing. You 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 get information that you can use. You get some that you can't use, and you try and you run your own race and, and build your career according to what you think is the best for your individual game. What are you most proud of in your career up to date? Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's a there's a few things that I'm proud of. You know, I now have a piece of silverware from a Grand Slam and the World Tour final sitting in my um, sitting at home, so that's pretty cool. I've represented South Africa for, on Davis Cup probably now if I had to guess 15 times. So that's that's something that's that's close to my heart. And um, you know what? It, it's pretty funny because I had this conversation the other day with someone about my goals when I first started playing um, tennis. You know, obviously I I wanted to play singles first, but then when I con- I turned over to the doubles, my goals are so so sort of simple. You know, I was like I, I'd like to play main draw at the four slams. You know, that'd be nice if I can play main draw <laughs> one match in the main draw of the actual tournament at the slams. That now it's you know it's progressed to where I'd actually like to win one of these. Um, when you uh, when you get to the to the semifinals in the doubles, you become part of the last eight club. You know the last eight tournaments they have it for singles and doubles. So which means you can go back to these tournaments for the rest of your life and get badges to get in and watch. So uh, so those are, are, are all things that have, have kind of stood out to me. You know, but I'm I'm hoping that that the thing I'm the most proud of is still ahead of me in my career. You know, I'm I'm hoping to take it a little step further and and uh, still achieve bigger things. What's been your biggest disappointment? The flip side to that coin. Yeah, and <laughs> so the funny thing is, your 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 highlight is also your disappointment at this stage for me. You know, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that I've that I've won 11 ATP tournaments. That's that's pretty cool. But at the same time, um, this season our, our strike rate in finals hasn't been as spectacular as I would have liked. Um, I only won two out of six finals, and uh, you know, we would be having a totally different uh, conversation if I had won Miami and and the World Tour finals this year. You know, I would probably be ranked five in the world then by now. So, um, um, as good as the season's been, there's been a few disappointments, but. I don't think you can be a professional athlete if you can't handle losing. You know that's sort of part of the trade. It's 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 not a negative thing. It's 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 part of the game. And 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 the better you learn to handle those, the the, the more success I think you'll have. I'm guessing you've also got to dislike losing. Oh man, it's it's yeah. Whenever whenever you remind her of something you didn't do, it certainly it certainly uh, um, brings up some horrific memories. I. My wife was with me in, in New York two years ago, and uh, we played a match where we dominated every facet of the game. You know, we had the break points, we had. We had the service percentage. We we pretty much we won the match on paper, but we lost it on on scorecard, you know. And and I for like two nights I couldn't sleep because every time I closed my eyes I was just my <laughs> I can't believe that match turned out that way, you know. But then the flip side when you when you do a, a um you know you have a great week and you win a title and then you can really sort of enjoy what you've put together. And, and like I said, our, our sport is not about being perfect. It's about striving to be as close to perfect as possible because even the very best players lose five or six times a year, and that's a great season, you know. And it's those horrible ones that you learn the most out of as a sportsman. Those are, the, those are where the, the big lessons come. Yeah. A wise man once told me, old coach of mine, Steve Smith, in the US, he was like, uh, you have to be a pretty good tennis player or sportsman in that, you know, in general, to uh, to suffer big disappointment. And, I, and I, I didn't understand it at the time because I wasn't playing tennis at a very high level. But now that I've kind of put myself in some bigger matches, I, I understand what he meant. You know, it's... Um, it's quite disappointing to put yourself so close to something spectacular and then, and then come up short. But at the same time, you know, it, it means you're doing something right when you find yourself in that position. So um, I'm really excited about what the future holds. And, and uh, if, it go, if it takes some more disappointment to get to where I want to go, I'm all for it. You talk about the future. There's been little boys and girls sitting at home who, who got to watch you possibly at London or possibly at Wimbledon this year. Knowing what you know now, if you could tell them starting out their tennis career, what what would what would you tell yourself at that age, or what would you tell them getting going? Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd wish I have a new body to start this thing over. With. That'd, <laughs> that'd be the first thing, you know. That would be spectacular to put my brain into a new body. Um, but what I would tell young Raven and, and young kids today is, is is pretty much the same thing. You know, I I have one sort of generic line, but I think it's a good one. 
um, I spent too many years comparing myself to other players and athletes and, and sort of the speed at which they were increasing or, or the results they were having and what I wasn't doing that it kind of sidetracked me from what I actually needed. You know, tennis is a, is a weird sport. Your coach can give you the best advice in the world, but you've got to go execute, you know. Like it, and, um, and once I sort of realized, you know, I, I sort of became a little bit more aware of what I needed for my game, I started to run my own race. I was like, well, if this guy can't come hit a serve for me, I might as well fix my serve, you know. If, if, if my coach tells me these are the things I require, I have to then trust that and execute. So I, I would say to kids, is stop, stop concerning yourself with what other people are doing because they don't really, they don't hit the ball for you, you know. You have to be out there yourself, so kind of look inwardly on, on, on what you think is the best way for you to win tennis matches and then kind of go down that path on, on figuring out what the best ways to achieve those goals. And become the best that you can be. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we all have different uh, potentials, you know. We, the ceiling is, is higher for some than for others, and I think a, a, a mark of success is if you reach the, the, the max of your own potential, you know. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's so easy to, I mean, today you can watch tennis and, and look at Roger Federer and look at Nadal and Novak and Andy and what these guys have done, you know, but... Those are going to go down as for the best players in the history of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. So if, if 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 you're good enough to to see yourself doing what they do, you're probably a better tennis player than I am. Um, but I still think they aren't really concerned what the other guys doing, you know. They kind of concern on what they need to do to play their best tennis, and 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 that's one of the the trickiest things in in the sport, you know. And and the other things are sort of a given, you know. You have to have the discipline, you have to have the determination, you have to have the work ethic, because that just comes with any professional sports. Now the stakes are high. Um, there's a lot of pressure on these people to perform, and 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 that's a given. But to me, if, if you can sort of look inwardly and be aware of what you need to improve, I think uh, you'll get the best out of your game. Raven Klassen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming down and spending the last half hour with us. Best of luck. Enjoy the rest of the break-off. Have a great Christmas. And uh, we can't wait to see you in action uh, in, in Australia, Melbourne. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for all the support, guys. You're listening to SAFM. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Good luck to Banyana Banyana this evening. Kick-off 8 o'clock against Nigeria. Let's hope they can go through to the final. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow afternoon uh, on PM Live and then SAFM Sports Wrap. More sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Up next, it is the Talk Shop with Naledi Malayo from myself and uh, my producer, Siobhan Tetti. Have yourself a great evening. It is 7 o'clock. And Greg Close has your news.